Our next panelist is Ruth Meinzendick. She is Senior Research Fellow in EFPRI's Environment and Production Technology Division. Thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> so with the, we've already had a very good view of the importance of rural environments for, for this. They provide essential ecosystem services, not only for the farmers themselves, which is what we often think about, but for the entire rural area and for that peri-urban and urban, for all of us. These are really essential ecosystems. At the same time, rural livelihoods depend on and affect and can, they can contribute to some of the negative uh, environmental effects that we hear about so often. Deforestation, groundwater depletion, water contamination, land degradation of all kinds, um, water and air pollution, and climate change. At the same time, they're affected by that. Part of the reason that this happens is that the costs and the benefits of environmental services and of the investment in them are not distributed equally. Poverty is a major con contributor to environmental degradation. But I think we need to get beyond the, the discourse that treats rural residents either as villains or as victims of environmental degradation and really look at them as the primary agents who can make a difference, who can, who can and are investing in environment. Think of them as the custodians and how do we partner with those custodians for rural revitalization. This is a picture from an, uh, taken by an organization in India from, I wanted to actually remove the dates and have people guess Often the narrative is that, oh, there's this de degradation going from the lower to the upper. But in fact, because of real investment by the rural people, there has been an increase in, in uh, vegetative cover in this very difficult environment because people were working together. This graphic shows somehow the the links between how agricultural systems feed into the ecosystems, but how the ecosystems feed into agricultural systems. What I want to draw attention to are the, the orange lines there about how governance decisions can actually affect uh, those ecosystem services. What do I mean by this? Well, there are for example, if rural people do not have property rights to those resources, then they can't make that investment or they don't have the incentive to make the investment. They need to be able to work together to address a lot of these big problems. So the idea that I want to get across is that we have to think of rural re revitalization as an investment. It's an investment that rural people themselves are making but we, including uh, you know, policymakers, but all of us need to partner in that investment to create healthy and thriving rural areas that provide safe food, clean water, climate change mitigation, and all these other important environmental services. That means providing incentives, reducing some of the distorting 
payments that Schengen mentioned are sometimes happening through subsidies that aren't, that are distorting incentives, but also allowing for tradable property rights um, and economic incentives for people to do the right thing. Also investing in innovative practices and technologies, like you've mentioned from the Equator Prize. Uh, precision farming, small-scale irrigation, communications technologies that can increase yields and reduce environmental degradation. All of this, I'm sorry to tell you, is not, we don't have a magic solution that will apply everywhere. It has to be tailored. It has to be context appropriate to motivate that coordinated action among rural people, among rural women and men to address this. They are often the best, most knowledgeable about their in local environments. We need to partner with them to provide what scientific information can help and see this as a collective action by them and us in rural revitalization. Thank you.